friend, hello to you out there. Len Tillum here. I know. Thank you. You figured it out. You're listening to me on iTunes or you're listening through the web at lentillum.com. Somehow you downloaded it. I don't have phone lines, so we're taking calls that we used before, KGO days, KKSF. They're fresh. The law is up to date and topical, and it's the best I can do. When the phones come in, we'll get live calls, but just pretend it's live. It, it, you haven't heard them, and if you did, you don't remember them anyway. So here comes a show. How do you like it? No commercials. Really zippy. Len Tillum, we're going to begin right now. Jeff in Fairfield, Len Tillum. How come you're calling a lawyer, Jeff? Well, Len, I'm older now. I'm, you know, in my 40s. I've never gotten married. My friends have. They've gotten divorced. So I've, I've waited for a while, and I'm taking the plunge next month, getting married. Uh, my bride-to-be is five years younger than me. Um, she really doesn't have much assets. Does she have children? Of, you know, she does not have children. Even better. So much easier. Yeah. You know, you're marrying someone who's like 38 or something like that. She brings teenage yeah. kids with them. Two weeks after you're married, they tell these teenage kids of her, say, get lost, drop dead, you're not my father. You don't have that aggravation. Life will be good. I hope so. So, you know, both of us are starting out fresh, and it's the first time we're both you know, going through this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my question is, you know, I've... I've been working ever since grad school for the last 15-plus years. And, you know, I have a house. I have pro- property. I have, uh, you know, possessions. And, and she doesn't have that. Okay. And so I'm, I'm just a little concerned in the back of my mind. Um, the day that I get married, does all of my stuff half belong to her? No, absolutely not. California is what's called a community property state. Community property means... Whatever either of you earn during the marriage is community property owned equally between you. One of you could stay home, watch television, eat bonbons. The other could work like a dog. You know, and sometimes the men stay home and the women work. It's not, you know, but whatever. One could work. One could do nothing. Everything that's earned is owned 50-50 during the marriage. What you own prior to your marriage to this lovely lady is separate property and is yours in the event of a divorce. So if you don't put her name on the deed to the house, it's your house. You owned it. But here's where it gets complicated. I guess you got a mortgage on your home, right? Yes, I do. Okay. After the wedding, follow me on this. Remember I said whatever you earn during the marriage is community property. After the wedding, when you take money that you earn from your paycheck to pay the mortgage, you're going to be using money you earn during the marriage. That's community property. And you're going to pay for property that's titled in your name alone. So that means you are giving your wife a community property interest in your separate property. She doesn't own half, but she'll own a small part of it. Since most of the payments are to interest anyway, it's not very much. I wouldn't worry about it. But she doesn't get the house even if you get divorced. You got that? If you, uh, want, if you wanted to avoid this, you could get a prenup. When are you getting married? Um, uh, in about uh, three and a half weeks. Yeah, you know, it used to be, this goes back to Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds was driving to the church with his his fiance. He says, oh, we got to stop at my lawyer's office. On the way to the church, they sign a prenuptial agreement. You know, she got that thrown out. You know, you can't spring a prenup on somebody right before the wedding. You can't do that. Your fiance, they make it complicated. Your fiance has to have her own lawyer and you have to have a lawyer, the prenup in the final form, has to be in the spouse's hands for at least a week before she signs it. 
you have to disclose all your assets and liabilities. You both know what rights you're giving up by signing the agreement. You want my advice, Jeff? I got married for the what? third time. I'm going to tell you a personal story. I got married for the third time. That was like 30 years ago. I'm still married to her, thank God. I had no kids, just yeah. like you. I had two wives before, but when you get divorced and there are no kids, the Italians say, when a guy gets divorced or a woman gets divorced and there are no kids, it's like changing your shirt. You know, it's no big deal. It's when you got kids. So marry her. Don't worry about a prenup. Everything will be fine. If you get divorced, don't worry about it. You know, but you want to do it to protect your property, you got to get a prenup. And, and she's got to have a lawyer and you've got to have a lawyer. And you're looking at probably two, three grand before you're done. Oh, I see. Well, yeah. I don't think the prenup is going to fly with her. Yeah. So you know what? You love her, right? Yes, of course. And, you know, when we're 43 in our 40s and she's in her late 30s, it's not like you get married in your early 20s and you want to go out with the guys on Friday night. You don't want to run with the guys anymore. Monogamy is not such a big issue in your 40s as it was in your 20s. The testosterone is lower. Get married. Here's a lawyer telling you this. Get married. Be happy. Don't worry about no stinking prenup. You know, and if you're with her a year or she gives you a child, you may you talk about maybe having children possibly. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, day she, possible. I'll tell you how to make yourself happy. This is what I did. The day she gives you, I gave it, my wife, I'd been married twice. My former wife was a lawyer. I was lucky to walk away with a pair of pants. The wow. day, the day I married my wife and I'm married to now, I gave her half my house. You know, the day your wife gives you a child, you sign a deed saying half the house is yours. Here it is. You and the kid can live here forever too. That's my advice. I'm a bit more of a romantic. Okay. Okay, well, thank you very much, Len. You're welcome. May you live long and, and be prosperous and have lots of kids if that's what you want and have a wonderful life with this lovely lady. I appreciate it, and I'll keep on listening. And wait, I got one more piece of legal, legal advice. Oh, yes? <laughs> if you have a boy child, a male child, uh -huh. name him Lenny. <laughs> there you go. Claire in San Francisco, Len Tillum. How come you're calling a lawyer, Claire? Because I'm scared that I'm going to be going to jail. I put oh, no. an illegal sticker on my car because I've been having financial problems. And um, Wait, 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 wait. When you mean, what do you mean, a legal sticker? You mean the registration well, sticker? Registration tag, yes. Wait, wait, how, how did you get an illegal registration tag? Somebody must have been trying to take one off, and I just happened to stumble upon it on the ground, and I just looked at it, and I went, wow, this would solve my problems temporarily. So I put it on my car and um, drove around with it for a while, but was always afraid I was going to get stopped. But I had such a big, large bill with Fast Track um, because they were charging me accelerated rates for going through the Fast Track, and I couldn't afford to pay the Fast Track. Wait, wait, wait. You're going too fast. Hold, hold on one second. I know. Hold There's on. a lot going on. Let, let me see if we can piece this out. Let's break it down. So okay. you had an expired vehicle registration, and you put that mm -hmm. sticker on that you found on the ground, and what happened? The cop stopped you? Yes, but that sticker itself had already expired, so I was... You know, I knew it was a matter of yeah, time. It, 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 it's it. just easy for the cops to figure this out. Their computer, their com cops all have right. computers in their cars, and their computer knows when your registration's no longer current, regardless of what the stickers say on your car. And, and I know. The, the registration stickers have serial numbers. The DMV can look it up. The police can determine what vehicle the sticker really belongs to. 
and the fake sticker expired. You're not a very good criminal, Claire. I'll tell you that right no, now. No, I'm not. That's the point. I'm not a criminal. I'm just somebody who was trying to keep their car so they could get work. That's now, really it, because I do this, the type of work I do. I use my car. So, you know, I'm a personal assistant. So Wait, wait. Know, let me ask you a anyway, question. What, what, tell yeah. me about the fast track fines. I don't understand about that. Well, I, you know, I was having, I was going through the fast track for one of my employers about four times a day. And when I was going through there, you know, I just was using the fast track, but I wasn't paying my fast track bill. So when you don't pay your fast track bill, what they do is they accelerate the fine to like, if you go through the $5, whatever, it turns to 65 bucks. So, so I, I accelerated pretty fast. And now, so, wait, wait a second. When the cops grabbed you, they, they impounded the car, didn't they? They did. No, they, they yeah, they took the car away. Mm -hmm. Right. And how much did it cost you to get the car out of impound? About $4,000. And that was for registration fees, unpaid fast-track fines, and impound fees, right? Yes, exactly. Four grand. Where did you get the four grand if you were so broke? I had to borrow it from my employer. She she realized I, I fessed up to her, and because I worked for her for a year and a half, and she knows what kind of person I am, she, she got me out of prison, so basically. She got you out of jail. She's not prison. They bailed you out? Well, Is that yeah, what you know what I mean. How much was bail? Well, no, I wasn't in jail. I was never in jail. I was just using that metaphorically. Oh, she like, got your you know, car like, out of impound prison. Yes, okay. right, right. Let's go through right. this. Vehicle registration fraud is a wobbler. So that means it could be a felony or a misdemeanor. I mean, right. if it's a felony, they could put you in prison. They're not going to do that. Don't panic. Um, but you've got, here's what's going on. You, you've got a hearing set up. It, it had it on the ticket, or you've got to go to court. Well, I right? went there today. This is why I'm calling you. I went there today, and somebody told me that I was going to get a diversion, that's the public assistance person told me I was public defender, public defender, public defender. And then when I when I actually got up in front of the judge, I wasn't eligible. So it got me scared. And that's why I'm calling you. OK, because I think. Wait, wait a sec. You have no money. You're broke, right? Pretty much. OK, yeah, I, make, I make a little amount of money a week right now with the job I have. But I'm very thankful that I'm able to have this job and able to eat. Did did the judge tell you, did you tell the judge, did you say guilty or not guilty, or you didn't say anything today? Nothing. They just... They did just, they say, go uh, see the public defender? Um, well, in the beginning when I went into this one office, they did, and so I went up to the public defender, and that's when I went in in front of the judge, and she gave me a date where we're going to actually have sentencing in the DA. No, no, wait, wait. Sentencing? You didn't plead guilty, did you? No, I didn't. Then there's However, no. Well, let, let me explain something. There's no sentencing. If you didn't plead guilty, okay. there's no. Did you say no low contendere or you didn't say any of that? I didn't did? say anything. I All just, right. I just just I show up in court. Diversion. And did they say? Oh, and they want to check if you're eligible for diversion, right? Well, they said at that point today that I wasn't because I brought it up because the public defender had brought it up that oh, you know that they've listed it as a misdemeanor. This is good. But then when I got in front of the judge, they decided not to do it. So I thought... Why yeah. Why are you not eligible for diversion? Well, because the cop who pulled me over found out that the sticker was taken off of a car of somebody who lives in San Francisco. And so now they're blaming me that I actually... Uh, here's what you have to do. Off. Where did you get the ticket? In San Francisco? 
No, I got it actually. I was on 101 coming out of Corte Madera. And so you have I to be back in court over. in San Rafael, is that right? Yes. Okay. That's where I got pulled over. When you go to court next time, uh, mm-hmm. tell them you want a public defender. You have no money, okay? In order to convict you of this, they're going to have to prove you intentionally committed a fraud. And, and it's hard to prove. Don't say anything. Talk to the public defender. Um, so, you see, when they say intentionally committed a fraud, saying you found the sticker doesn't matter. What matters is you intentionally put the sticker on the car and you knew it wasn't your sticker. So, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, you're looking at a plea bargain. Do you have any priors, Claire? You've been arrested before? No, no, I've never How old are you? I'm in my 40s. Yeah, I'm sure with no priors, you'll probably get pleading to a misdemeanor. But you go see the public defender in San Rafael, talk to them, have them show up in court with you. Keep your court dates. Don't worry about it. Everything will be okay. All right? Okay, I hope so. Get a public defender. I guarantee they're not putting you in jail. The jails are too crowded for minor stuff like this. You were just dumb. I sat there today when, and they were putting all kinds of people in jail, 35 people ahead of me, so I don't know. That's why I got nervous. Yeah, okay. Go see the public defender. All right, good luck to you. All right. Mark in Grass Valley. Len Tillum, how come you're calling a lawyer, Mark? Your Honor. (laughs) Hey, I got a question about family medical leave versus disability. Okay. Uh, My wife's my wife has been diagnosed with breast cancer, mm. and uh, they say that uh, curable, treatable, we're going to get through it and all that. Yeah, they do miracles nowadays. Thank God she discovered it in time. Yes. Uh, so she's really stressed out over it. Um, uh, I talked to HR for a brief moment today. They said that she would qualify for medical leave, uh, family medical leave, but I was just wondering... I poked around looking at information, so I have just enough to be dangerous. And uh, well, the difference in pay for that. But wait a minute. You're yeah. talking about the difference between the Family Medical Leave Act and disability insurance? Is that what you mean? Yes, because it looks to me from the information I gathered that depending on which one you went on, that there is a benefit there. No, no, wait. Well, let me go through it. First of all, does she work at a store that has more than 25 employees? I believe so. More than 50? No. All right. So she should apply for disability. The Family Medical Leave Act is unpaid leave. You don't get paid for it. It says your wife can get up to 12 weeks of unpaid leave, and during that leave, she can't be fired. But her boss has less than 50 employees, and companies that have less than 50 employees are exempt. They're not bound by the Family Medical Leave Act. And that even applies to the California Family Rights Act. Um, And any leave you get under the Medical Leave Act is unpaid. Um, And and she's not covered anyway. The company is too small. So she should file a disability insurance claim with the unemployment office. That's what she needs. That's where she'll get some money. Disability insurance claim with the unemployment office. Is she getting health insurance from your job? Yes. Thank God. Keep working. You need that health insurance. These little companies. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got really great insurance. Fabulous. Thank your boss for that. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. How, how, how old is your wife, Mark? 51. Yeah. I'm sure she'll be. And she's in good health otherwise? Yes. She's in great health otherwise. Yeah. I know a number of women who've had breast cancer. They're all survivors and they do well. Be good to her. Love her a lot. This is a hard time for her right now. And for you, yes. too, of course. 
No, no, on the on the on the disability, does she have to have uh, doctor's notes and all that, or she just makes the application? I'm not sure. I just don't know. Okay. Check check it online with the unemployment office. The disability insurance claim. I'm sure they're going to okay. want medical documentation. That's for sure. Yeah, it just looked like online there that it, that. that you could sign up for one or the other, and each one had a benefit. But no, there's no employment benefit with the Family Medical Leave Act, and her boss is not covered. Heather in San Francisco, Len Tillum. How come you're calling a lawyer, Heather? Hi, Len. Um, well, I think, as I mentioned, my father, who is 79 years old and has been on his own for the past 18 years and taking care of his parents for the last 10 Recently, who recently passed, he's been on his own. And um, a couple of months ago, all of a sudden, he had a companion who moved from Asia and was living with him for a couple of weeks. They came to visit us so we could meet her, and they went to Reno and eloped and are now married. Now, wait, wait, let me ask some questions. Your father is 79 or 80 years old, something like that, right? Yeah. How old is she? 64. And she emigrated or she was visiting? Where is she from? We don't really know for sure. She was not living in the States. Where does your father live? In Hawaii. I got it. Okay. So he eloped with a woman who's got to be, what, 15, 20 years younger than he is? Yes. And he says he's 80, 79, 80. He says, I love her, right? He's only known her a few weeks. They say that we don't, we, he's never mentioned her before, but uh, they say they've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, and but is your father... Lived, they only lived together for two weeks before they got married. Right. And you met her, right? Yes. Let, let's talk about, uh, you know, the vibe, what you pick up. You've got to trust your intuition. So tell me what your, in, you met her and your intuition was what? About her? Uh, hard to say. Obviously, we were all a little apprehensive, you know, considering the secrecy around all of this, that we, he hadn't mentioned her before, that they ran away to Reno and eloped, and they weren't actually going to tell us. We kind of found out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we had questions for her, and, you know, she seems honest. Um, she said she's going to take care of my father. Is your father competent? Does he know what's going on, or he's got a little dementia? No, my father is competent, but he is lonely. Yes, you know, lonely, and somebody shows up, and it's a, you know, it, it, it's, you. And it's a warm person to sleep next to at night. It's somebody to have breakfast with. His family, his mother and father, by the way, his mother and father just died recently, right? 102. Yeah, so he's got, you know, he's saying he's, he's active, he doesn't have dementia. Does he still drive at night? Yes. And I bet he's a good dancer also. He likes to go out and have uh, a good time. Yes, t- I imagine so, <laughs> yes. You know, so she grabbed him. Is your, here's another question. Is your father a super rich guy or not really? No, not really. There's not much there, so whatever is left is... So not so, you know, uh, look, does he have a trust right now? Yes, he does. Okay. What goes on? First of all, this doesn't sound so terrible to me. It doesn't sound like she married him for his money because he doesn't have that much, right? No, but whatever is left, we need for him, and he's already 
Oh, you're afraid. You're afraid while he's alive. You're not so wor- much worried about your inheritance. You're afraid while he's alive, she'll blow it all. You know this gold yeah, digger. And and- she gets she gets set up. She's she'll leave him, and he'll have nothing in his last years. But he's not. Is he that much? He's eighty years old. Is he that much in love? Is he that blind to her? Oh, it's not. It's, it's not about love. What's it about? It's I, about having someone to take care of him. Yes, yes. And this is how he can repay her by... By giving her everything her. and leave... But he's not foolish enough just to give her everything. Doesn't he suspect, you know, I'm 80 years old, she's in her early 60s. If I give her everything and have nothing, she'll leave me. He's not, gonna, he's not that dumb, is he? He's vulnerable. Well, there's nothing... You know, I hear this often. There's really nothing you can do. Because he's competent. This is America. Yeah. He could give it to a televangelist. You know what? He could give it to a guru. He could do whatever he. It's America, and as long as they don't catch him walking down Main Street, you know, in his underwear with an egg on his head, he still gets to do whatever he wants. Spare us all from being caught in our underwear with an egg on our head on Main Street. But uh, you know what I mean? Look, yeah, I, I will say this: he's got to update his trust, but he doesn't have much. And he, here's why: in most states. A new spout, new spouse, a new wife or husband is automatically cut in, in for a cut of it, you know, gets a share unless the will of trust is update, updated after the marriage. Um, and he could disinherit you. He has the right to do this. Yes, so absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, we understand that completely. And anything that goes on would have to be in Hawaii also. So, you know, you just leave it alone. You know what you should do if you can afford to? Go visit him and see what's going on. Take a look. You know, and you can ask some nosy questions. If you go visit him, do you stay with them? Or where, where in Hawaii do they live? Honolulu. It's beautiful there. Can you visit him and stay with them? Or you'd have to stay in a hotel? What would you do? No, I could stay. Stay with them. See, does she prepare meals? Does she love him? You'll get a sense after three, four days there. And he's lonely. And he's your father. And he's 80. Go visit him, Heather. There's not that much money there. And if he's found a woman who will be with him the rest of his life, so what if she gets it all? Right? There's not that much there anyway. No. Okay. You're, you're absolutely right. All right. So go love him and visit him. All right? Great. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, you worry about our parents. And it is true. You get to be 80 years old. You know, you worry. What, and, and guys, I got to tell you this. This is really true. We do a lot of trust administration. You know, people, there's this myth of trusts. I do a lot of trusts. When you die, people think, oh, I have a trust. I never have to do anything. Well, usually... When somebody dies, you know, husband and wife, usually it's the husband who dies first. Women are younger than their husbands. They live longer than men. The guys die first. So you do have to do things with the trust. You have to let the world know who's dead. You have to maybe some tax issues, divide up the trust. There's all stuff that has to be done. So they come to see us. We do a lot of trust administration. There's a woman named Rosie McNichol in the office who does it. When the guy dies first, and they could have been married 60 years, when the guy dies first, The wife shows up. Sometimes the kids come with her, usually daughters. But the wife shows up, and she's got it together. She knows what's going on. She takes care of business. She's lonely. She misses him. But everything gets done. Wife. When the husband is the survivor, you know, when the wife dies first, it does happen. I swear to you, it's like the guy got hit in the head with a two-by-four. When a man is left without a wife, they lose their nutrition goes out the window. Their social life goes. They start drinking too much. They, uh, you know, take sleeping pills. They marry the first widow who shows up with a casserole. We often joke that men are so much more work 
when, when they're the survivor, when they're the second to die, you know. But um, guys do not do well alone. I'm telling you right now. Don in Windsor. How come you're calling a lawyer, Don? Well, good afternoon, Lynn. Uh, you say periodically that someone eventually gets thanked by the universe. Yeah. About a year, about a year ago, uh, I had called you on behalf of a, uh, a co-worker, and I pretty much got spanked by you for, for my manner of thinking. So I thought I'd give you another chance at it. I'd like to I'm kick your ass again, Don. It gives me pleasure. What's going on? What's the story? In May of this year, I purchased a car for my son from a dealer in Washington. And the car was uh, supposedly perfect. And I was very specific in talking to the salesman. No, no, wait a minute. You, you bought a car in Washington from, and you were in California? In Windsor? Right, yeah. So you didn't even right. see the car in real life, in person. You, you saw a picture, right? Just pictures, right. Please. And, oh, you, already know what I, you already know what I'm going to do to you, you big dummy. Please. <laughs> what, are you crazy? So what happened? It's against what I usually do. But yeah, but it was such a good deal. It was too good to be true, right? Well, it was, it was an okay deal. Yeah, go on. The, the car arrived, and when I picked it up, the three of the rims were, had gouges in them. And <clears throat> this car is dealer certified, which means it goes through the whole process. Uh, everything's inspected. And on the certification form, it specifically states there, the wheels and rims have no visible damage. So somewhere between the sale and the delivery, three of the rims were gouged. And the cost to repair them is $1,370. I believe it. You know, everything on a car. What kind of car is this? It's a Hyundai Elantra. Yeah, that is not such a... This ain't a Lexus we're talking about. You know, it's not such a high-end car. It's a good car. But thirteen, fourteen hundred bucks 1400 bucks to fix three rims, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, okay. So... Well, Tell me, you called the dealer and you said, hey, the rims are broken. And what did the dealer do? Well, I talked to the shipper, and he did an investigation. Of course, he said it was not his fault. And I talked to the dealer, and the last thing they said was, uh, I don't know what to do. Who picked to- Who picked the shipping company? The dealer. Okay. So let's go through it. The shipping company did an investigation, and they say the vehicle was damaged already when they picked it up. Um Let's be real. That's what they always say. You know, have you ever heard of a moving company admitting to making a mistake at all? Um, anyway, you can't sue the shipper. The ship is what's known as a common carrier. They've got limited liability. Um, you could sue the dealer in California because even though they're based in Washington, they did business with somebody in California, namely you. Even if it's only you, it's easy. Um, but the problem is... You could sue them, and you'll probably win. And you got to get them served personally. The small claims court advisor in Sonoma County, you're in Windsor, can help you. A small claims court judgment is not any good in Washington State until you submit it to the court there, and it's approved in a court hearing. So you're going to have to go to Washington State no matter what. You follow me on that? Yeah. Now I'm trying to look. Yeah, you got all that. So yeah. Now, well. Uh, now, of the cost of the car, of the car, five thousand dollars was placed on a credit card, and I'm I'm thinking that's really not part of my issue, but I could dispute. Did you? Who's your credit card company? It's Capital One. I don't know what they're going to do. You have to call them. You know, uh, how long has it been already? Well, since May, so four months. I don't think they're going to take you know thirteen hundred dollars away from the dealer. I, I just don't think so. I think you're out of luck there. You know. If 
And, and let me guess, the dealer in Washington is not even returning your phone calls anymore, right? I, I'm getting lip service. That's yeah. Shit. So, you know, if you want to get their attention, are you, you got the, the small claim, there's a small claims court in Santa Rosa. You live in Windsor. It's not so far right. away. You can call them up and you want to go talk to the small claims court advisor. So you could serve, you could sue the dealer in Washington State in small claims court. They'll help you fill out the papers. Once they get a, a thing that they're being sued, you may get their attention and then they'll come around. But otherwise, if you don't want to do that, you're going to have to chalk it up just to a, a new learning experience. You know, that's, I'm sorry this happened to you, but I just would not buy a car ever through the internet. Uh, you know, you, you, why? They don't have Hyundai dealers in Santa Rosa or Petaluma? Actually, this car, it has a, a backup camera, and there's very few of them. And I, I searched the whole country. They're all back east, or the closest one was up in Washington. I have, I have a, 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 a Camry hybrid. It's got a backup camera. My wife's got a Prius. We like these Toyotas. It's got a backup camera. It ain't no big deal. You know what I mean? So All right, so it's got a backup camera. Big deal. But... Um, I don't. That's what I'm telling you. You know, you're going to be stuck otherwise. Is your son in Washington State? No, he's in Los Angeles. Forget it. You got to either go to small claims court or it's just not going to happen. That wraps up another show today. Not so bad. Goes fast. It's about the length of a full show. You're just getting the calls. You're getting your fix of length till them straight into your vein. You got that? No dilution. Can you stand it? We've been getting good numbers on iTunes. We've been getting good numbers at lentillum.com, my webpage. People are listening. The word's getting out. By the way, will you send me an email? lentillum.com. But I'm going to keep doing this. I don't care if there's only one person listening. Anyway, thank you. Good show today. See you soon. Come back the next, tomorrow. That's all. Just keep coming back Monday to Friday. We'll do a show for you.